We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Welcome back, everyone. KMOX is at your service. Hour number two, my friends. That's right, hour number two going all the way till 10 o'clock tonight. Greg Damon in the big house tonight, and uh, we're going all the way, as I said, till 10 o'clock. All sorts of stuff to talk about tonight on this tepid evening in the Midwest where it's a little warm outside at your service on a uh, beautiful Thursday night other than being a little bit hot. Hey, so we're going to – I I, I was reading an article uh, earlier this week about a uh, Tesla that caught fire. And so the fire department comes. This is in uh, uh, it's in California. Let me see if I can pull this up here real quick. It, uh, it was in California where it was. The car was sitting in a uh, salvage yard. It was sitting there for three weeks, and all of a sudden it caught fire. So they put the fire out. Guess what? Fire comes right back. They put the fire out. Fire comes right back. So what the fire department did is they got a uh, end loader and they dug a hole, filled a hole up with water, and put the car into the into the into the pit into the water and to, to extinguish these flames. And this is the kind of stuff that we're talking about with some of these electric cars. So I invited our good friend Ed Bernie. He is an assistant fire chief, and he's joining us here on at your service tonight. Ed, how you doing, my friend? I'm hot. I'm not going to lie to you, but you know what it is outside. Yes. It's, like I said, it's a little tepid outside. Uh, it tepid's putting it nicely. <laughs> well, I'm a nice guy. You know that. Ed and I have been friends for a long time, folks. So uh, <laughs> so I'm going to apologize up front if, uh, if there's some bantering going back and forth. But anyway, so, uh, Ed, I want to talk about this. Obviously, you've been a firefighter your entire life. Uh, what about these electric cars? You know, we've talked about before some of the hybrid cars, some of these other cars. You guys roll up onto an accident. It's not like you can just jump out and snip the uh, roof off to extricate people anymore. No, and that's uh, that's been in place for quite a few years now with the uh, the way they route the lines, uh, service lines, particularly for the airbags as well uh, in the A, B, and C posts. So that used to be one of the concerns for us. Now, yes, with the electric vehicles, it is an emerging technology. Uh, no secret that there's more of them out on the road, but why they catch fire and when they catch fire is it's a radically different system that we have to employ now. Um, now we're talking about electric cars, not hybrid cars. 
Correct. These would be the all-electric cars. So uh, like your your Tesla, and I've, there was another one that I was just uh, looking up today. Uh, never heard of it before, like a Fisker or something like that. Yeah, there's but, a Fisker. Uh, there's a, I uh, can't remember the car company. It begins with an R that's got a couple. So. Yeah, so most of these cars, the, the entire floor pan is one huge lithium-ion battery. Uh, by design, they're actually, you know, probably uh, an internal combustion engine car, gasoline, like, you know, most of us have. Those are uh, 10 times more likely to be involved in some type of a vehicle fire. So the electric cars by design are pretty safe. But it's when that electrical system um, experiences like an impact. Uh, the one that, that comes to mind that we actually did a case study on it was in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, Guy's driving down the highway, and he runs over or at least, you know, picks up a, a tow trailer hitch, hits underneath the bottom of the car, uh, and it was a Tesla. Immediately gets a warning on the dashboard, hey, there's something wrong with the system, you know, pull the car over as soon as possible and exit. So he, he did that, and then a couple of minutes after that, the car was on fire. Um, our issue that we have with it is it's an electrical fire. Those batteries is either by thermal runaway um, some type of a, a failure in the system, they just get super, super hot. And although the car catches on fire, we can put the fire out. And as long as the batteries are still hot, they will reignite. Um, it's not uncommon now with some of these electric vehicles to be on the scene for four hours going through 40,000 gallons of water. And that's the goal is just cool that battery pan off enough to where it doesn't reignite again and your your story that you led the hour up with um that's one of the things that we tell the tow yards now when we do finally release a vehicle to go to the tow yard don't don't park it next to a building and don't be surprised if a couple of days later it catches on fire again because those batteries are going to continue to discharge um and it's it's a technology that we're not really familiar with we're learning on the fly uh, we get manuals for the books. Uh, there's different ways to disarm the batteries. But, you know, once that, uh, particularly with the thermal runaway, once that happens, it's just a matter of tons and tons and gallons of water. Yeah, and not only that, but if it's on the road, I mean, you may have to shut the road down. As you said, you know, tow truck shows up, and they're going to be sitting there because they're not going to want to put it on their truck if it's going to catch on fire as they tow it away. So, you know, I mean, it's not like you can just, you know, move the car off to the side of the road to allow traffic to go by, uh, you know, the road, yeah, road, road may be shut down for quite some time. Yeah, and it's a, it's an extended operation. So the, the the funny thing about your your first story is they could bury that car. It's still going to burn because uh, it doesn't really need a lot of oxygen. Even some of the um, covering agents that we have, AFFF foam, um, it, it doesn't work because the, the, it's essentially thermal genesis. And the batteries are making their own heat, and they just they keep catching on fire. So um, it's essentially a cooling operation for us. So you, on paper, it's very simple to do. Uh, in practical application, it's it's very resource heavy, uh, particularly in some of the out state areas. They might not have um, a fire truck that has a lot of water. They might not have hydrants around. So it could be uh, an extended value proposition to get that fire put out. No, you're exactly right. Uh, and, you know, one thing I was thinking about, Ed, is what if you you live on the coast and now you got all this uh, salt water that's in the air, you know, uh, humid and everything else? I mean, that's got to add some stuff to it, too, I would think. Oh, yeah. That's that's one of the uh, one of the kind of humorous things. Uh, 
you know, when I teach this stuff now, it's like, you know, salt water is an electrical conductor. And it's like, we didn't know we were going to be here for a chemistry class. But yeah, I've, I've, uh, did another case study where I believe it was Hurricane Sandy. Uh, they had a couple of uh, four or five cars that were all electric. They were parked in a garage, and that garage got flooded with seawater. Um, electrical conduction, all four of those cars burned. Wow. That's uh, that's crazy to think about stuff like that. I mean, you hear about, uh, you know, well, let's just say like Lake of the Ozarks, people have electric on their docks, and it, you know, starts discharging around there. It's kind of the same principle, I think. Yeah. Uh, and again, it's, you know, kudos to the electricians in your listening audience because they, you know, they know what they're talking about. You know, we're first responders. We're trained to do, you know, certain types of operations. This is, and again, like I mentioned, this is an emerging technology. So it wasn't like we were consulted while they were building these things, like what's going to work for you guys? You know, we'll figure it out on the fly. Fortunately, um, at least for the fires that I've been familiar with and have been able to research, it's usually been with the Tesla. Apparently their warning system in that car is pretty advanced. Um, it'll tell you, you know, you're not using the right charge cable or a lot of times some of these batteries, they particularly with the thermal runaway, they're overcharged. Um, and it's lithium ion. So it's just like the battery in your cell phone. It's just on a larger, larger scale. No, you're absolutely right. Ed, i got to do some business. Can you hang with me a few minutes? Absolutely. All right, fantastic. On the phone, we're visiting with Ed Burney. He's an assistant fire chief. We're going to do a little business. We'll be right back. You're listening to KMOX. Is that your service? We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Back at it here on a Thursday night at your service here on KMOX. 9.17 is your time right here in the heart of Mid-America. Greg Damon sitting in the big chair tonight. We're going all the way till 10 o'clock. And we are talking a little bit uh, about electric cars with our good friend Ed Burney. He is an assistant fire chief. And, Ed, again, thanks for uh, hanging out with us here on KMOX. Is at your service tonight? Oh, I always love doing this. And the fact you keep asking me to come back means I must be doing something right. <laughs> That's the money you pay me. That's what it is. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Ed and I have known each other, folks. Ed and I have known each other for, well, let's just say a lot of years. I don't want to go back that far. but uh, 35. Yes, 35 years. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks for making me even feel older than I already am, Ed. Appreciate that. But anyway, let's get back and talk a little about. Uh, hey, I will always win that. I'll always win that race with you, man. <laughs> uh, you're right. Uh, so anyway, let's talk, uh, we get back to talking a uh, little electric cars and, uh, catching on fires. The batteries keep catching on fires. Don't really see that kind of issue with the hybrids, but I would think that, uh, for firefighters, 
it's going to be pretty uh, pretty scary when you roll up and not know exactly what kind of car is going on and, and really what you need to do to disarm that car to be able to help rescue people. Yeah, so the, uh, the hybrid vehicles are a little bit easier for us because the battery system is not the primary and sole source of uh, where it gets its locomotion. So um, it's, it's an engine and another battery. So those batteries are much smaller, and they're usually either in the trunk or behind the back seat, or sometimes uh, they'll do it on the, uh, like the transmission hump. So there's uh, three main locations. We can usually identify the car through the emblems and the markings, uh, pretty fast, unless it's, uh, you know, fully involved in fire and, you know, totally engulfed, uh, you know, we can knock the fire down pretty quick and then make a determination. But those uh, those hybrids are pretty easy to work with because uh, the battery system um, is, is easy to kill. Uh, you know, we have uh, fuel shutoffs as well. Uh, so they're, the designs on those are pretty good. So I don't, I don't have as much concern with the hybrids as I do with the fully electrics. But like I said, there's not that many of them on the road yet, but I know that a lot of the vehicle manufacturers are starting to, um, I guess, maybe switch over or the the wave of the future is EV. So uh, we know they're not going away. So, you know, we'll, we'll learn what we can on the fly and then get the education that um, all the vehicle manufacturers provide for us. That's the one thing that they are very proactive with. They do a new model like that or they move something around. We'll get a, a bulletin on it, and it's usually a 40-, 50-page manual that, uh, you know, we train on. So it's not like it's a foreign concept. It's just, you know, it lags a little bit. Sure. Now, do you guys carry uh, on the on the fire truck any sort of manuals or anything like that? Uh, in the old days, it used to be from memory. Now we can actually get those electronically, and we can load them in with our pre-plans on the uh, data terminals that are in all the apparatus. So um, depending on the length of your response, sometimes you can look that kind of stuff up. But uh, for a car fire, it's essentially you're, you're going off of uh, knowledge and experience. Uh, when we first get there, obviously, we're going we're gonna to put the fire out first. Um, once we get that particular situation under control, or at least get on on top of it, then we can determine what type of vehicle it is, and that will uh, that'll let us know what our next actions need to be. Yeah, I mean that's always uh, it's always kind of scary. I know for us, we you know we work on cars. I mean, obviously we we work on uh, hybrids, we work on electric vehicles as well. And you were talking about the hybrid before. Usually, there's a plug that we can undo to kind of like get the battery out of the system so it's safely to work on. Yeah, and that's actually, that switch is what we're looking for as well. Uh, in most of the instances that I'm aware of, they are, um, it's usually like bright orange anodized aluminum. It's like you can't miss it. Uh, there's also, I believe it's one of the Tesla, I guess it's the dual motor one. They actually have, it's called a first responder cut line. So it's essentially a bright orange line that you essentially cut. And then that deads the system as well. Um, I've been told that the Tesla systems, though, as soon as they detect some type of trouble, uh, they dead themselves. So, I mean, Tesla has their uh, information control system, the computer module, uh, does a pretty good job of shutting itself down and telling the driver what's going on. So that's, uh, I mean, I, I don't know. It's still, it's just really scary for uh, for me to think about that with uh, with all the electricity. Thank God, less than one percent of the uh, population own electric cars at this time. Uh, but I also want to talk about you're seeing more and more EV charging stations popping up all over the place. Uh, are, are there any concerns with those when you go to uh, plug your car in, pay the money with the meter and, and either sit in a car or, you know, wait for it to charge? Is it, it you know, is there any sort of residual stuff that could happen there? 
Usually, but what I've heard, uh, and again, I, I only have experience here in town. I, I think there's a, a couple of a uh, couple of the charge stations are becoming public, but I, I know that you know certain manufacturers require a certain amount of voltage and a certain cable. Uh, for instance, you, you'll see Tesla charging stations. You can only charge a Tesla at those stations because it's a proprietary system and it needs a certain type of cable. Um, and then the, I guess it's a supercharged station. Those go a lot faster. So obviously the volts are, are much higher there. But as far as, you know, a charge station proper, as long as it's installed by a licensed electrician and it's passed inspection and it meets code, um, they're safe. It's when you get, um, I know some municipalities now have uh, had some movement towards, hey, when you new residential construction the house has to be wired to accept um, an electric vehicle charge. Not necessarily, you don't have to have it, it just the wiring has to be there so you can add it later on if you want to. Um, when you start messing around with that, um, unlicensed electricians, or you just say, well, I can just use a regular extension cord, that's usually where you start having some problems. When you don't follow the manufacturer's instructions and you don't do exactly what the system is designed to take, that's when you have problems. Well, what about for folks that, uh, you know, have a, uh, a Tesla or some other electric car and they put that supercharger into their garage or whatever to charge that to charge that vehicle up? Is there any sort of, I guess, uh, worry about that if there's a house fire or you have to get in the house for some reason? Uh, historically, when you anything that's inside of a residence goes through the main electrical drop. So it's either the meter on the side of the house. Um, or if you're in an older structure, it's the main uh, drip line that comes into the house. And that's all regulated by a meter. So one of the first things that we do is secure utilities. Uh, we'll shut the gas off and we'll yank the meter on the house. So that deads all the electric going into the house, which then would control that supercharger. But again, if the charger has um, done something to the system on the car or those batteries are starting to go into a thermal runaway. I mean, I can chop the power to the house. The batteries are doing their own thing. So we'll right. have a, a rock and fire in the garage. And it's, it's the same thing. You just have a car fire that just happens to be inside of a house now. So I guess on an electric car fire, you guys are just going to start bringing a backhoe with you on the truck. <laughs> I would not recommend <laughs> that. Um, that's, that's just me. Um, there, there are other ways to do it. <laughs> Sorry, I got to get that in there. Well, uh, Ed, we just got a few minutes left. What uh, do you have any advice for folks uh, being out in the heat like this and uh, just taking care of themselves? Oh my gosh! Well, you know, <laughs> trying not to be out in the heat, but you know, hydration, 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 and you know, just make sure that if you're working with someone else, you monitor them, take breaks, get in the shade as much as you can. But it's uh, it's electrolyte replacement. Um, if you think you've drink enough water, then drink some more. That's uh, that's what we tell everybody on the fire scene. They're like, I'm not thirsty. Well, drink some more. Yeah. Well, what about uh, some of those kids playing football? That all starts up next week. Oh yeah, it's. Uh, I would imagine there'll probably be some some heat exhaustion cases because, uh, as you know, when we were younger, we were invincible. But uh, the same rules that apply for younger? adults also. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Speak for yourself. <laughs> uh, but the same rules that apply for adults also apply for uh, young kids and particularly the athletes. And you know they're they're working harder. But um, I would say that needs to be enforced and modified or monitored at a higher level because they're working so hard. Right. Well, I think, and also, you know, back when we were kids, we were outside a lot, playing outside. Didn't matter what the temperature was. A lot of the kids today don't really get outside during the day, so it's like a big blast of uh, 
of hot air, obviously, when they come outside, and they're really just not acclimated to it as much. Yeah, and, and acclimation is the key word there. Uh, you know, for the, the same uh, folks that, you know, have a uh, propensity to love being out in the cold and the cold doesn't affect them, yes, you do get acclimated to it. Um, it but, again, you know, their their systems are younger than an adult system, an older adult like myself. Uh, their systems are able to take that shock, but that doesn't remove the fact that they need to uh, maintain their hydration, take cooling breaks. You know, don't be afraid to douse yourself with the with ice water. Um, cold packs or cold wraps around the neck and the wrists, but uh, it's just limit. Try to limit the amount of activity that you're outside. Well, Ed, thanks so much for uh, joining us on program. Always a wealth of knowledge, and I uh, love having you on. Just uh, talking about stuff. Uh, thanks for uh, explaining about the uh, the the batteries and electric cars. Uh, always great stuff. Thanks, I appreciate it. Anytime, buddy. Anytime. All right, that's our good friend Ed Bernie. He's an assistant fire chief. You're listening to KMOX at your service tonight. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to talk about your teeth coming up. Stick around. Nine thirty-two is your time right here in the heart of Mid America. It's right. It's KMOX's at your service. My name is Greg Damon. Going all the way till ten o'clock tonight, and uh, just talking about all sorts of stuff here. That's what we do at at your service. And folks, I appreciate you listening us with us. Hey, uh, so, you know, the other day I had to go uh, get some dental work done. And uh, so I went to my, uh, my good friend, uh, Dr. Joe Reed, and uh, did a little tune-up there on, uh, on the old teeth. And so I thought as I was laying there in the dental chair, I thought, you know what, this is uh, probably something we should talk about because dentistry has really changed. It's obviously changed for me as being as old as I am and, and what I've seen as well. So I've invited Dr. Joe to come on the program. Joe, how are you? Craig, I'm doing wonderful. How are you doing tonight, buddy? You know what? I'm just as sweet as ever. I really am. <laughs> I would expect nothing less. Thank you. I appreciate that. Well, you know, it, as I was uh, as I was sitting in that chair, I thought, you know what? It, it's really kind of amazing because I, I got to tell you, uh, and, and Joe, you know the story, but I'll tell the, the folks playing the home game of At Your Service tonight that I got to tell you, folks, I, I've always been deathly, uh, deathly afraid of the dentist, just really... Uh, really start uh, getting nervous and shaking and stuff like that. When I was a little kid, uh, I got strapped into a chair. They pulled five teeth out, and and ever since then, I've just been really deathly afraid. And I've got to tell you, since I've been going to Joe for the last uh, 20 years, that, uh, you know, I, I, I can't think of a time that I've ever been hurt when I've been in the chair. And that's, you know, during a root canal or anything else, except one time, I guess, when he gave me a shot in the roof of my mouth. That did really hurt. Usually our conversations are more painful than anything, Greg. That's right, exactly. And and you know you know, Joe, that anytime a dentist or a doctor says, I'm sorry, this is gonna hurt, you know it's really gonna hurt. You know it's coming, yes. <laughs> well, I want to talk a little about how dentistry has changed because I remember obviously back when I was a little kid, had those teeth pulled. Boy, it seemed like that Novocaine needle was about uh, twelve inches long and they wanted to put the whole thing in the mouth. Well, you know, is there any chance that when you were a child, you were just making the dentist mad and he was taking it out on you, or is this uh, <laughs> there, there, there is, is a good chance really on change that. that much, or or are you just in a better situation now? Uh, well, you know, hopefully I'm in a better situation in the care of you as well. But uh, you know, now <laughs> is, is stuff. I mean, you got the you know the numbing gel that you put on before you put sure. the shot in. I mean, it's 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 truly amazing for me. 
Absolutely. No, there are there are techniques and things that they have been able to apply over the last uh, 20 years or so that that make going to the dentist considerably easier for somebody who is uh, phobic and scared to come in, which uh, if you're in the dental field, you're going to run into that on a daily basis. And if you don't know how to properly handle uh, those patients from a not just a physical perspective, aspect of making it more comfortable for them, but from a mental aspect of, of listening to their concerns and addressing their concerns and uh, making sure that it's not falling on a deaf ear. So uh, those are all things that uh, that hopefully over time we've improved on and and over time hopefully uh, the, the concern and uh, fear of going to the dentist is getting less and less for people and, and the general public. As, as we know, dentistry uh, can be very critical in uh, not just your your oral health, but your overall health. So, so we're trying to make it um, something that's that's uh, not just accessible, but something that's uh, a little more tolerant for a lot of people. Yeah, you know, you bring up uh, your entire health. That's really something a lot of folks I don't think really realize that uh, you have to have uh, a very good oral care and take care of everything inside your mouth because that really affects everything. As as you well know, when I had the infection earlier this year. Absolutely. Probably no different than a car. When you have one thing going wrong, it can lead to other problems down the line. So uh, uh, you would you would be able to speak on that better than me. But um, from a dental from a dental standpoint, it's uh, certainly certainly holds true. Um, there are, uh, you know, some uh, some plenty of studies that have shown that uh, cardiovascular problems uh, can be can be seen and, and also affected by by oral health um, and uh, many other many other uh tie-ins from from uh, health health problems that that can be attributed to poor dental health so so it is it's important to get in there and and certainly an infection can uh, can lead to other issues as well so so yeah always important to get in and get things checked well let's talk a little about uh, you know maybe other things you may have other diseases diabetes cancer things like that that's really going to affect your oral health too absolutely and there are some times when uh, patients will come in uh, with certain conditions that will present themselves first in in uh, oral environment, um, uh, we're seeing unfortunately more and more oral cancers as well. And now that people are getting more educated on the harms of of smoking and uh, alcohol abuse and things like that, we're seeing maybe less of that. But uh, with our male patients that have not been vaccinated for HPV and things like that, we're seeing um, a higher frequency of uh, oral cancers that are that are uh, throat cancers and side of the tongue and areas like that that otherwise would go unidentified if uh, if, if not checked in the dental office. So um, yeah, no, there's a, there's plenty of. Uh, plenty of tie-ins from what we do to uh, other health concerns for sure. Yeah, that's crazy to think. You know, you bring up uh, HPV and obviously there's a vaccination for kids today, but, uh, you know, for older adults, this can, uh, this this cancer can happen at virtually any time in your life. Absolutely. Absolutely. So important to get that kind of stuff checked out. And, uh, and, and uh, obviously, uh, from a dental health standpoint as well, if, if the teeth aren't healthy, then uh, diet starts to suffer. If diet suffers, then then we run into problems there as well. We have a lot of uh, elderly patients. They'll come in and they'll say, uh, I don't know that I want to invest a lot of money in, in my mouth. And yet that's the time when it's oftentimes becomes even more important because um, certainly a, a poor diet is tolerated better in our 20s and 30s than in our 60s, 70s or 80s. Not that you and I would know anything about that. <laughs> 
not yet anyway, but uh, but closely, closely. Uh, no, you know, I, I met the poor. I met the poor diet, not the AIDS thing. I, <laughs> well, it's definitely poor diet. There's no doubt about that. Uh, you know, it, 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 to me, it seems like I remember. You know, when I was little, that it seemed like there was a lot of folks, a lot of uh, relation of mine, pe- people that I knew, parents of uh, of other kids. It seemed like they were getting dentures, and it seemed like you know, in your 40s and 50s, you got dentures. Today, it seems like a lot more uh, folks are keeping their teeth longer and longer. You know, education, um, I think, has helped with that. Uh, fluoride ion in the water um, certainly has helped immensely. Uh, and, and um, you know, it's, it's, uh, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of therapies and things that are out there to help uh, prevent loss of teeth. And if, and if we do run down the road of uh, unfortunately not being able to save things, then, then there are some uh, therapies that are better or some treatments that are better, rather, um, implant-wise and things like that, as opposed to, to having to go to a, a denture that's uncomfortable and, and difficult to wear. So there's, there's at least options out there for those folks who are unable to maintain and keep their teeth. Well, I want to talk, uh, obviously, you know that I'm a big geek. I want to talk about some of the equipment you guys use because uh, it's just, you know, amazing to me. Obviously, everybody knows the drill, the shots, but, I mean, man, you got stuff like, you know, a miniature lightsaber that lights up and, you know, I guess cures whatever you put in, (laughs) whatever filling or whatever you got going on your side. Sure. No, you know, and actually that, that technology is fairly basic. The, the majority of your dental materials are going to set up underneath the wavelength of a blue light. So, um, any of your epoxies and composites and resins and adhesives that we use, they almost all set up uh, underneath the wavelength of a blue light. So that's basically just a, a high concentration of, of that wavelength, which allows that allows that to to set up. But there there certainly are some things tech technology wise that um, are out there now, and and some things that they're advancing on. Um, you know, some of those things uh, probably the biggest one that we're we're seeing integrated in, into more and more offices. Uh, or is CAD CAM technology and taking uh, digital impressions and communicating those digital impressions to your lab as opposed to taking the standard impressions. Um, that that technology is is getting and and is to the point in many cases where it's as as good and if not better than than the old way of doing things. Um, and and that's certainly uh, easier and more comfortable for a lot of patients that they have trouble gagging and things like that when they have. Um, dental materials in their mouth. So, so there, there are certainly some advancements that, that are going to be fun to see, uh, get, get applied as time goes on. Now, I think, uh, for me, you know, I had to have a crown earlier this year and, and uh, what I thought was really amazing here, I thought, you know, here we go. I'm going to have to have a root canal, then I'm gonna have a crown. And so all of a sudden it's like, well, Hey, we're going to put a temporary tooth, you know, before you leave the office, before you get out of the chair, we're going to put a temporary tooth in while we make your crown. I thought that was really amazing. Well, and I'll take that one step further. A lot of the, a lot of offices nowadays are starting to with the with that CAD CAM technology. They're starting to use machines that are that are and, and one one uh, company out there is called a Seric machine. And these machines are milling machines that will actually make the cr- the crown the permanent crown chair side where um, digital impression gets taken. It communicates to the CAD CAM machine that that then mills a block of porcelain. And 30 minutes later, you're leaving with your permanent crown. Now that is wow. something that we. Uh, yeah, it's 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 impressive. It's time time saving. Um, it's uh, you know time saving for the patient. They don't have to come back. They don't have to get numbed again. Um, there are some really really nice things about it. Uh, the marginal integrity, where the margin of the crown meets the tooth, is still um, 
there's still some tweaking in my eyes that needs done on that. Um, but in the right hands and the, in the right clinician's hands, uh, somebody that knows how to use that technology where, well, cause there's certainly a learning curve with it. It is uh, right on par with, with the old way of taking impressions and send that to the lab, which uh, I hate to admit, but that's still the way that we do it. Um, that's what I'm comfortable with. That's what I know. That's, uh, that's what works for us. But uh, I, uh, I, I don't doubt at all that as that technology gets user friendly and more and more so, um, that'll be something that I'm sure we'll see at our office at some point in the future. Now, I also think that uh, it's really kind of amazing how you actually color that crown to, to blend in with the rest of your teeth, because here I'm thinking, oh, great, I'm going to have a great big white crown, you know, in my mouth, and uh, but you're able to blend that color. Well, we tried to do a KMOX grill for you, but you weren't okay with that. That's another thing that um, shade selection has been helped. There's, uh, there's machines out there now that you can take a, take a picture. It'll, it'll read what, uh, what shade they believe that'll be. But that's, that's one of those things. You're either good at taking shades or you're not. Um, and, and over time, um, and I'm sure... Uh, in the car industry, there's paint guys that can, can take a look at something and they know instantly what they're kind of dealing with. Um, over time, uh, th- that gets easier and easier. As you know, I have an assistant that I work with quite a bit. She's really good at, at getting that, that uh, set up for me and, and getting that all figured out. And um, like any job, having, having somebody that's, that's good and reliable next to you and helping you out certainly is, uh, is helpful. All right, so we're getting advice for our listeners out here playing the home game of uh, at your service tonight to take care of their teeth. Uh, get in for your six month checkups. There's there's a lot of folks that they'll they'll come in. They'll say, you know, I'm predisposed to to losing teeth, or I, I'm going to have problems with my teeth because my mom had problems, or my dad had problems, or grandma was in a denture at 40. Um, there is so much that, that can be done, um, even just starting the conversation of, of hey, this is, this is what needs done. Um, oftentimes, somebody has it built in their mind that it's going to be either a worse experience or more expensive or, or more than what they want to take on. And at the end of the day, if they come in and they, and they get in with the right people, uh, somebody that makes them feel comfortable, somebody that will work with them, uh, listen to their needs, then, then they can get started down that road of, of better oral health. And, uh, and ultimately, uh, that, can, that can lead to a, a lifetime of, of, of better health, uh, not just orally, but, but, but overall as well. So, so, so get, in a, get in on those six-month checkups, get in with somebody that you're comfortable with, and, uh, and, and, and stick with those, and, and you'll, you'll do well. Sound advice, Joe. Hey, thanks so much for uh, joining us here on the program tonight. I appreciate it. Anytime. I appreciate everything you've ever done. Um, You've always helped out our family. Excellent basketball coach for my kids oh, over the years, and you and you know, no, I'm mean, truly, and I, and I truly appreciate everything you've ever done. So so happy to do it. All right, thanks so much. That's Dr. Joe Reed here on At Your Service tonight. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to talk a little golf coming up. Stick around. Back at it here, wrapping up our KMOX is at your service tonight on this balmy Thursday night right here in the heart of Mid-America. 9.49 is your time, and we're going to talk a little golf. Our resident golf expert, Dan Reardon, has been kind enough to stay up late and join us here on the program. Dan, how are you? I'm doing fine. Finished playing golf a little over an hour ago. Man, I'm t- you, like every time I talk to you, you're like, oh, yeah, I'm, just, I'm, out, I'm out on the course. I'm playing golf. I'm just like, Yeah, it's, it's embarrassing how much I play golf. <laughs> Well, I got to talk. I want to talk a little about the British Open because I got to tell you, it was one of the uh, finest golf events that I think I've watched in quite some time. Uh, you know, I thought the Open 
a couple weeks ago was was really good, but I got to tell you, I thought the British Open was fantastic. Obviously, at St Andrews, it always adds that that mystique to it. But uh, I, I really enjoyed the program this weekend. And, and, and I'm so I'm sure this is true for you, and and I've had that experience on, on a number of occasions when you've actually played the golf course, and then you're watching the pros play it. There's something there's something that unique about that. There's a kind of relationship. And, you know, honestly, uh, you know, in sports, I don't know where you else you would find that. You know, uh, obviously, baseball, the team sports, you, you, you're not on that playing surface. But golf offers you that opportunity. And quite honestly, I mean, even on the greens, you could say, well, I had that putt. Uh, and I, I, so, I, so I'm assuming, knowing that you have played St. Andrews not too long ago, that, that added to your enjoyment. No, absolutely. But just so you know, I always have that putt. Every, every time I'm out on the course, you know, that foot wedge is my best club in the bag. Just so you know that. There you go. No, but uh, my wife and I did have an opportunity to play there. Thought it was fantastic. Uh, really. Uh, it, it was one of the best golf experiences I've ever had. That's for sure. I'm curious. What time of the day did you play? Uh, we played early afternoon. Okay. The, because the, the first time I saw St. Andrews goes back into the eighties and I had driven up from Edinburgh um, late uh, in the day, and I got to the course right around 9, 30, 10 o'clock when it was just starting to get dark at that time. And it was almost religious, the experience of the lights coming up on the hotels there and all that sort of thing. When I played the next day, it didn't have near that kind of mystique about it, but it's a special place. And then, uh, you know, I'm assuming that you had an advantage, had the opportunity to take advantage of the town itself. And the city of St. Andrews uh, is a small city, but it's a wonderful town as well. Yeah, absolutely. Great town. I'll tell you, I'll tell you what it was. It was uh, during the Ryder Cup, and I can't remember the name of the bar, uh, but a lot, of the, a lot of the pros go there when they're in town. Uh, and we went in there. The place was packed. The Ryder Cup was on TV, and it was really amazing to get the – I guess the European view on the Ryder Cup versus the American coverage. And, and quite honestly, you know, that's an interesting point because I said last year when they played the Ryder Cup at Whistling Straits in the U.S. had a really wonderful dominating win. But I said it was not, it was not a great uh, Ryder Cup because the only galleries for the most part who were in attendance were the Americans. And what makes that event very special is the, the friendly rivalry and byplay that goes on between the two sides. But I've taken you away from talking about the Open Championship, but I apologize for that. No, 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 absolutely. Love talking golf, just uh, talking about the whole sport as well. But uh, I want to go back. You know, it seemed like the hype going into it was Tiger Woods, Tiger Woods, Tiger Woods, Tiger Woods, Tiger Woods. Here, Tiger Woods doesn't even make the cut. Yeah, but he, but he walked really well. You know, I, I, I was obviously not at the Open Championship, but I was at Augusta and I was at Southern Hills. And, and could see him firsthand. And Tiger was in a lot of pain, uh, particularly at Augusta, uh, more so than Southern Hills, even though he withdrew on, I guess, Saturday night at Southern Hills. Um, but he couldn't walk the terrain. And it, it didn't matter whether he could play golf or not because he just physically was incapable of walking 72 holes of golf. But I thought at St. Andrews, on the much more level terrain there, that he that he walked pretty comfortably. I didn't. You know, he has a, a sort of built-in limp, but it didn't it didn't change over a period of time. Now, his golf game was not very good, and he was particularly poor on the greens. But my read on Tiger coming off of uh, the Open Championship is 
he's got six months, eight months until maybe Augusta. Maybe he'll play someplace like Bay Hill uh, to test the waters. But I think there's a, I think there's an upside. And he said, I'm not retiring. He said, by the time the Open comes back to St. Andrews, I'll be too old to be effective. But he's not retiring. And, and I think there are signs that he will be able to play a little bit competitively in the future if he can find the right venue. We got a couple minutes left. What do you think? Tiger wins at least one more major? No, I won't go that far. Okay. Uh, um, because the, the trick will be where does he go to, to do it? As I said, he, you know, he, he won't do it at LA Country Club. He could do it at Pinehurst, I suppose. Uh, he could walk there. He's not going to do it at Augusta. Augusta will be the hardest of all the majors for him to play because of the terrain there. I got you. So obviously, Royal McIlroy, uh, one of my favorite golfers. Uh, boy, I'll tell you, I thought he was just going to uh, walk away with it until the last day. And man, oh man, and I'm sorry the the, the Australian guy uh, name escapes me, but what a comeback by him and just a birdie all the rest of those holes on that second nine. Yeah, the five birdies in a row at the start of the back nine by Cam Smith was something that we have not seen on a final round um, at the Open Championship. I mean, this is a tournament that goes back 150 well, more than 150 years, but 150 editions of it. Uh, and Rory just became the victim, you know. But you're not going to win. You're not going to win a major. You're not going to win a golf tournament when you go out and have 36 putts in the round. Give him credit. He hit all 18 greens in regulation, but 36 putts just yep. isn't going to get it done in a major. And by contrast, I think Smith had something like 27 or 28 putts. So I beat him by seven or eight strokes just on the greens. Um I I don't think it damages Rory as much as some people think it does. Rory really wants a Masters. He really wants to be uh, the guy that has the career slam. I'm sorry about the dog. In That's the all right. We got we got about thirty seconds. So, and and so I think Rory didn't set himself back in terms of what he wants to accomplish at Augusta. I will tell you, I was in the room, the interview room on Sunday night at Augusta, and he was so enthused. Couldn't wait till next year at Augusta. And I don't think St. Andrews hurt that attitude at all. And that'll be his next time in a major. We'll be at Augusta next April. All right. Hey, Dan, thanks so much for joining us on the program. Always love talking golf with you. I'm going to have you back on real soon. Enjoy it, Greg. Thanks so much. That's our good friend Dan Reardon here on KMOX's At Your Service. Well, folks, that's going to about wrap it up for this edition of KMOX At Your Service. Thank you so much for listening. Certainly love to uh, talk to the folks out there. I appreciate you letting me come into your cars and your homes tonight and uh, here on KMOX's At Your Service. Hey, folks, be nice to each other out there. We got to be better. Be nice to each other. We'll catch you next time. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.